The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. We're continuing today in our series on family matters because, indeed, in the world in which we live, family matters. The world teaches us all kinds of things about what family is. But what does God say about the matter? We've been looking for the past few days at the wife's role in the marriage relationship. Yesterday, we began looking at the virtuous woman of Proverbs 31, And we have seen that she is indeed the epitome of the godly wife. In today's world, we hear the feminists and the chauvinist view of womanhood, both of which are completely contrary to the teachings of Scripture. But join us today as we continue looking at a godly wife, and we see that this virtuous woman is more valuable than rubies or great treasures of this world. In the 
notice in verse 14. She's like the merchant ship. She bringeth her food from afar, riseth while it is yet night, giveth meat to her household, considers the field and buys it. This virtuous woman is diligent in business. She's diligent in business. This doesn't sound like some wallflower to me that sits over on the sidelines and twiddles her thumbs and says, oh, I can't make any decisions. That's all up to my husband. Let me tell you, we're going to read, we're going to see as we get into husbands, one of the important features of leadership is delegation of authority. You know, if I'm the leader, if I'm the supervisor at work, but I've got people that are working for me, I can't do all the work, right? Well, in the home, I'm supposed to be the leader. Now, it's not the same situation, men. Let me just say, if you ever get to thinking your wife is a worker, like, for you, you're, going, <laughs> you're already on the wrong path. And she'll probably set you straight pretty quickly. But, but there is a sense of shared responsibilities in the home. Yes, the husband's to be the leader. Yes, he is. But he is to delegate and he is to utilize and, and help to foster the abilities of his wife, you see. She is diligent in business. Like I say, that doesn't sound like some wallflower to me, does it? It sounds like somebody who has her own mind and her own abilities and is using them not for her own self, but for the purpose of enriching and protecting her family. See, and, and let me just say this too. Notice as you read this, there's an overall sense here of thriftiness, right? There's an overall sense of properly managing the household and the money. This woman is a thrifty woman. Now, you know, it's, it's okay to go make some expenditures and all that, but we need to all be careful that we don't get overextended, right? I heard this saying as I was researching uh, one or studying one time, as I was studying to, to preach on this, I heard this saying about a marriage. It said, theirs was a perfect marriage except for just one flaw. He was fast on the deposit, but she was quicker on the draw. <laughs> now, you can get into that trouble. Now, let me just tell you. Let me just tell you. I, I have to, you know, I know you always, I tell you, I've got to confess to you. Uh, quite frankly, in our own, in my own experience, in my own family, <clears throat> that's kind of reverse. Sometimes my wife has to remind me not to be, <laughs> not to be too quick on the draw, okay? Uh, but so, so it can work both ways, but the idea for her and for all of us is that we're to be proper managers, okay? Not spendthrifts. Okay, look at verse 17. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arm. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. Notice her strength. That is a characteristic of the virtuous woman. She is a strong woman. I've already mentioned that, but notice, she's no weak sister. She is strong. Now, this can mean physically, and there are some ladies that I know that are probably physically stronger than their husbands, but, but primarily, it's talking about spiritually. It's talking about in the, in the, the personality and in the idea that she is, uh, she is confident in the Lord. She has the holy boldness of obedience to God's word. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. She is confident. Now, we all have issues with too much self-confidence, but we can also have issues with not enough self-confidence. And, and in fact, that's probably the wrong way to put it because it's not self-confidence, it's God-confidence. Confidence in Him. I have found myself many times to be just struggling with confidence in, this, in the things that I'm doing. And almost every time, Brother Mackey, it's because I'm not being obedient to God's Word. 
or I'm not studying the word like I should. But this woman, she knows that what she's doing is a good thing. How does she know it? She's been in the word of God. She knows what God says about this, you see. Now, now look, we're never stronger than when we recognize our own weakness. But we stand in the strength of Christ. Paul said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Not because some paradox in the, the physiology of things, but because of the spiritual paradox that God is our strength. See, God is our strength. Contrast this. Look, look at what she says. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good, her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle and to the distaff. Notice back over in Proverbs chapter 7. Contrast this to the strange woman, the characteristics of the strange woman. Look over in Proverbs chapter 7 and verse, uh, just look in verse 11. Well, if you go back further, you'll see that, that the writer here is observing this foolish, simple young man who goes by the house of this strange woman. And the strange woman is not some weird woman. The word strange just means she's foreign to you. She's not your wife. She's not someone that you should have that kind of uh, uh, traffic with. And it says, there met him, in verse 10, a woman with the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. Now, we've been talking about the virtuous woman clothing herself. We're going to see she clothes herself in scarlet. She clothes herself properly. The harlot does not. The harlot is, put, is trying to display her body out there to the world. But the, the, the godly virtuous woman is a woman who is not having to do that. She is confident in herself and able to, uh, uh, to dress appropriately, modestly. Says she is, now listen to this, she is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. Now she is without, now in the streets and lieth and wait at every corner. You remember this woman, this virtuous woman who girds her loins with strength and knows that her merchandise is good and is working there in her home? Not the strange woman. There's no work going on here. She's not working willingly with her hands. She's out there trying to entrap some young man, trying to bring someone in and cause him to stumble. She caught him and kissed him with an impudent face, said unto him, I have peace offerings with me. This day I've paid my vows. Don't be worried about what I'm doing here. It's okay. Doesn't it feel right? Doesn't it feel good? Don't we just need to do what our heart says to do? Go where our heart says go? No, child of God, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? But this woman says, forget about all that Bible stuff. I've got peace offerings. I'm a religious person. It's okay. Therefore, I came forth to talk to thee diligently to seek thy face. And I have found thee. It's just in the cards. <laughs> you know, this is fate. What's the, what's the word? Serendipity. It's just something that's going to work out because clearly, clearly divine fate has brought us together. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love unto the morning. Morning, let us solace ourselves with loves. She's not working for her household. She's strictly working for her bedroom. And she's trying to deck it in ways that would be enticing to other men. Because see, she's a married woman. The goodman is not at home, she says. He's gone a long journey. He's taking a bag of money with him and will come home at a day appointed. Don't worry about my husband. Don't worry about him coming back. He's got, I know his schedule. And with her much fair speech... She causeth him to yield 
and with the flattering of her lips, she forced him. This is a flattering woman. You know what flattery is? Flattery is the opposite of gossip. They're, they're two sides of the same coin. Gossip is saying behind your back what, you wouldn't, what I wouldn't say to your face. Flattery is saying to your face what I wouldn't say behind your back. See? Two sides of the same coin. And the flattery here, I was talking to a friend of mine recently about, he, he's a very good, good man, but he's, he's caused, made a lot of enemies in the political world because of just basically doing the right thing. And one thing he talked about, and I did too, is that there's never been a time his name has come up in a conversation that I haven't defended him behind his back. He doesn't even know about it when. But you know why? Because I'm not going to flatter him to his face and then talk differently about him behind his back, okay? Now, if you do something silly, I might laugh about it, Brother Glenda, but I'm not going to, but, but I'm going to tell you too. <laughs> but seriously, it's, it's, it's the kind of thing this woman is flattering. And ultimately, you see that the dart, he's going like an ox to the slaughter, a fool to the correction of the stocks, a bird to the snare, and he's going to ultimately lose his life. That's the difference, you see. That's the opposite. Now, look, notice, this woman, though, has true strength. The spindle and the distaff are instruments used to weave cloth that she had to do in that day. But, no, you know, you don't have to do that today. I'm sure some of you ladies may, may stitch and sew. And that's fine, but generally today you can go buy it at the store. But the idea is that she's taking care of the welfare of her family, okay, the welfare of her family. But we're also going to see that she is interested in the welfare of those outside the four walls of her home. As we go back to Proverbs 31, look at verse 20. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. This is a compassionate woman. The virtuous woman has compassion. That's another characteristic of the virtuous woman. She's not a cynic. She's not, she's not hard-hearted. She's compassionate in nature. She's, she's not only compassionate in her nature, she's compassionate in her actions. She stretches out her hand to the poor. She doesn't just go by and say, poor guy. She actually does something to try to reach out and to try to help that person, okay? Now, now we're not, we can talk all, all day long about things in the world and scams and all that. But what we're talking about here is the real thing. People who really need it. The needy. Those who are in need, she's willing to help. And you, and you know what that's doing? <clears throat> that's that love in action. That's that love in action. We're going to talk about husbands when it gets to us. That it's not just love and feeling. It's love in action. That's what love is in the scripture. And she sets the example for her family. Now notice verse 21, she is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry, her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it, delivereth girdles unto the merchants, strength and honor her clothing. And she shall rejoice in time to come. Notice her care for her family and for herself. She is a caring woman, okay? Verse 21 kind of piggybacks off that strength that we've been talking about. She's not afraid of the snow for her household. Why? Because she's made preparation in her strength, in her diligence, in her willingness to work. She's prepared for the snow. She takes care of her family. And notice verse 22, she takes care of herself. She takes care of herself. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. She is, she is taking heed to herself. 
In Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, Paul told the Ephesian elders, the preachers over there, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers. And and the idea is like when you're sitting on the airplane and they do that little uh, demonstration for safety and they say, if the oxygen mask comes down, you put yours on first before you try to help somebody else. Did you know you can't help anybody if you're starving for oxygen? In a spiritual sense, you can't help anybody if you're starving for the Word of God, if you're starving for spiritual uh, godliness. You've got to help yourself first. And that's what she's taking care of herself. She's taking care of herself. I've seen, I've seen uh, uh, wives before who have, have, have seemingly used themselves up and not taken care of themselves, used themselves up for the family. Ladies, you have to take care of yourselves, spiritually, primarily, but physically as well, okay? And notice verse 23, her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. We've already talked about this, but her husband is more confident and more secure, having her by his side. Verse 24, she's industrious. She's a businesswoman, but she's still focused upon the household. Verse 25, look at this. Strength and honor are her clothing. She's not clothed in timidity and in fear. She knows that strength and honor come from God. Remember what Paul told the young preacher Timothy, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Verse 26, she openeth her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Notice the wisdom of this virtuous woman. She opens her mouth with wisdom. Her tongue is filled with the law of kindness. Now just because you've gotten to An older age doesn't mean you're necessarily wise. We're told in one place in Proverbs, the hoary hair, H-O-A-R-Y, that's the white hair, is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. So, ladies, it's not enough just to get older. You need to get older in a righteous path, you see. But her mouth is filled with wisdom. Notice, she looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also and praiseth her. Where does it all begin? Where does the wisdom come from? Did she get so smart and go to the University of Alabama or some other university and get all kinds of degrees in order to find this wisdom? Psalm 111 and verse 10 tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You're not going to find the fear of the Lord in the college. I encourage you to go to college. That's great. Get your education. But let me tell you, don't expect to find wisdom there. Not, Not in our day. Proverbs 9 and verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. You say, you say Preacher, I, I just don't have wisdom. I need wisdom. Well, James tells you, James 1 and verse 5, If you lack wisdom, ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. God doesn't fuss at you when you ask for wisdom. Now, you get it from the Word of God. You need to stay in the Word of God. He's not going to screw off the top of your head and pour it into you, as my mama used to say you got to study, but when you study, God will give you wisdom if you ask him for it. Now, now as we close this morning, let's look, at the, let's look at the reward, the reward of the virtuous woman. Notice it says, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her children will bless her. I know in my wife's case, there's no greater blessing to her. There's nothing that makes her feel better than for her children to say, Mama, We love you. Mama, you've been a good mama. You know, 
that doesn't always happen at every single stage of life, does it? <laughs> now, sometimes, you know, children go through a rebellious stage and they, they, um, they forget about uh, the ways that their mama loved them has cared for them when they're younger and they tend to lash out. And, but you know, we're told in another place in Proverbs that said, train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And that's not giving you permission, young folks, to depart from it when you're young. That's not what he's saying. But what he's doing for us older folks is reminding us that if we try to raise them right, they'll come back to that, hopefully, before too long in life. Her husband also and he praiseth her. See, her husband will praise her. Her children will praise her, but her husband, she'll have the love and respect of her husband. And then notice, though, as we keep reading, many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. You know, I think it's appropriate for us as husbands to look at our wives who've tried to live virtuous lives and tried to be godly wives and recognize that they're, as much as we love our daughters, if we have any, that she's the best of all. And you know, that's the way the husbands ought to feel. Uh, young, you young folks as well, my, my sons-in-law, I hope you feel that way. But my point is here is that this mother who raised these daughters says, thou excellest them all. And look at verses 30 and 31 as we close. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. As time goes by, none of us retain our youth and vigor. None of us retain the looks that we had when we were 20 and 21, 25, 30, you know. Beauty is going to fade. But you see, that's not the outward beauty that we're to be looking at. It's the inward beauty. It's the, the favor. That's deceitful. Man, that, that strange woman, you know what she does? She goes out and tries. Listen, it's fine to make yourselves look as, as beautiful as you can, ladies. There's nothing wrong with that. But I've seen people that I know that have had plastic surgery. They're trying desperately to hang on to that beauty of youth. And to me, there's nothing more beautiful than a godly woman, a godly virtuous woman. I don't care. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe you put on a pound or two. Yeah, I have. I don't know if y'all noticed, but I have. I don't look quite the same as I did when I was 20. I don't want to see all you out there nodding about that either. Anyway, we don't look like we did when we were 20. But if we have tried to live godly lives, that's not what counts. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. I'll leave you with this. In 1986, my great-grandmother, uh, Maggie Lewis, we called her Mama Lewis, she died at 98 years old. She was a shell of the woman she was at one time. I knew her all of my life up to that point. I was 20, 19 or 20 years old. And... Uh, uh, I didn't know her when she was strong. All I knew her of her was when she had to be, had to stay with a different daughter each month, had to go around to different places. I did recall briefly when she lived by herself. But I will never forget when the preacher got up to preach her funeral. He started off with Proverbs 31, 
and he read that verse, he said, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. And it came all over me at that time that what I had been blessed to do is to grow up knowing this weak, this tired, this elderly old lady who was one of the most virtuous women I'd ever known. And instead of all that weakness and that shell of the woman that I saw that she came to be, I didn't see that in the casket. I saw that strong, vibrant, powerful, godly woman who had helped to raise my grandmother and my mother and had shown me what I needed to be looking for in a wife. You see, ladies, she never really knew what effect she had on me, I'm sure. I was too young and dumb to really be sharing those kinds of things with her. But I, to this day, she's been dead for 40 years. And to this day, I've never forgotten that. And I still praise her because her, her own works caused me to praise her here this morning. I hope this will encourage us men to seek a virtuous woman and to try to encourage our wives and build them up. Wives, ladies, young ladies, women, I hope this will encourage you to seek to be obedient to God so that you might one day when you're laid there in the casket, someone might get up over you and say, here lies a virtuous woman. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.